Do you ever get frustrated with your social media feed where you hear from some people all the time and other people you never hear from? Well, I was so excited when the other day that today's guest showed up in my feed for the first time in a long time. He showed up on Facebook and LinkedIn on the very same day. And he had a message for us about recreation, not recreation, but recreation that was something that I really needed and I think it will help you too. Dr. Brian Wansink has as his mission to help change behavior in scalable ways to improve the world. He has worked at four different universities throughout his career, most recently at Cornell University as a professor of marketing, focusing on consumer behavior. He's written a number of books, including some you might be familiar with, like Mindless Eating and Slim by Design. He was the director of the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans, and his research has been influential on a lot of consumer change, including those 100 calorie snack packs. Hello and welcome to Dr. Joe's Health and Sanity Call. I'm Dr. Joe, a wellness expert and professional speaker who helps busy people stay healthy, sane, and productive. For more information of how I can help you and your organization, visit drjoe.com, D-R-J-O, Com. Welcome, Brian. Well, it's great to be with you, Joe. It's always great to see you and great to hear you. Yeah, so tell me, what exactly is recreation? Recreation. Recreation is probably a misspelling. It's a hyphenated version of the word recreation. And of course, we're all familiar with recreation. But when we think of that, we think of something you know, that went on when we were in like summer camp or something like that when you're playing volleyball or throwing a you know, the dodgeball at somebody across the line. But recreation is the idea that there's a lot of things in our life that really can kind of reinvigorate us, that can kind of put that little bounce in our step the next day. And it's a pastime that I think in, in a lot of cases is one that we can have no energy feeling, but all of a sudden once we do it, it kicks in and gives us a whole new sense of energy. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting. I, like over the years, I've, I've sometimes, you know, I've asked friends, uh, you know, what is something that you, you really, really, really loved doing once that you, uh, that you, you, you never, ever, ever thought you'd ever put down? Um, and, you know, and someone says, oh, well, you know, I, I played tennis in college or, you know, I, you know, you know, played music or I tap danced or I painted or, you know, or, or I read poetry. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting that this stuff dies out. And, you know, there's a really cool part of Charles Darwin's biography. When he, when, he, when he says, he says, you know, poetry is the most insipid, stupid drivel that just wastes your brain and wastes your time. Anybody who reads poetry should just explode and die and our world would be better. But then he goes on, he says, but there was a time in my life when nothing gave me more joy and fulfillment than poetry. And he never went on after that. He had like two or three paragraphs on that. I mean, he never went on to say why he never went back to reading poetry anymore. And this is the deal. I ask people, I say, Kimmy, tell me someone that you used to love more than anything in the world. And most people um, can, can come up with something or, you know, the, the hobby or something. 
And when I ask him, what, did you miss it? No. Do you think you'd ever go back to it? I don't know. What do you do now for fun that gives you as much passion as that? Nothing. And I, I think this willingness to want to go back to something that used to spark something within us is, is a really good experiment to, to do. And I have to say, Brian, you inspired me. It was that blog and then something else came up. Oh, I know what it was. That, again, those, those algorithms again. I got this uh, memory from Facebook and it was a picture from my tap class back in 2016. It was a picture of me with all the youngsters in the class because I'm always the oldest person in tap class because how many people my age take tap, right? And, um, and it was something like, like, why is it that everybody, that I'm always the oldest person in tap class and it was you know, a selfie with all these kids. And, and that came up at the same day that I you know, ran into your blog about recreation. I said, oh my gosh, I've been using COVID as an excuse to not do tap dancing. The studio closed down and I can't tap and I'm not going to go back now. And you know what? Well, I yeah. pulled out these old things and I started tap dancing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's my passion is tap dancing. But you know, go on, tell me, tell me what your passion is and, and how did you get back into it? When did you practice it? And now what do you do? Yeah. Sure. Well, I like seeing the uh, universe converge on you at the same moment on the same day, too. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, I had played French horn. That means a total nerd instrument. That's why it, I mean, it fits so well with me. I played French horn all through high school and even through a year of college, but then stopped that because, you know, you, there's no... You don't, you don't go to a jam session with a French horn, you know? Or they, or they, I guess you do, but then they beat you up on the way out. <laughs> and, and so I learned how to play uh, saxophone when I was an assistant professor. And I was, I was living in Hanover, New Hampshire. I had a buddy who was an econ professor, and he played guitar. And so we just, I, I picked it up, and we played. And I played in a ton of bands. But um, and it used to be everything I did in my spare time. And then since this COVID that was happened, that was back when you were a single guy too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you didn't have a lot of other options, perhaps that were as interesting. So yes. <laughs> now, now you're you're married, yeah. with three kids. That's right. That's right. Full right. time job. So did you, did you get away from music all those years? No, no. I, I've been in a ton of bands. I've been in rock bands, dance bands, I've been in big bands, I've been in jazz, Fern, Elvis Gerald Fernbar, I was in a Dutch funk band. No, I, I've, been in, I've been in a bunch of bands, but it just, I just kind of let my practicing of it kind of fade a little bit, and I just relied kind of on, you know, kind of some natural skills, and I, but I never really worked hard at getting better at it. Yes. And that's what I've started doing. Uh, you know, maybe maybe about five or just just about when COVID started, and you know, and the crazy thing about this is, at the end of the day, I can kind of go, oh man, I'm so so tired, and I, and I get up pretty early, like at four thirty, and so I am oh pretty God. tired at the end of the day. But, you know, I, I pick it up. In fact, I have I have got one right here. Um, you know, I pick it up and I'll start playing, and after like thirty two seconds, you know, people are. 
telling me to be quiet from other rooms so he can go to sleep. And God, it's just, it's, and you know, there's this. this Brian, are you I, doing it to annoy them? No. <laughs> Is that what, I mean, no, why do you do it when everybody's trying to get to sleep? No. Why don't you do it at two o'clock in the afternoon when you need a little bit of energy? Well, it's not to say I don't annoy a lot of people, but it's, it's never out of intention. It's generally out of cluelessness. <laughs> you know, and there's this, uh, this, this cool book. Um, it's called Flow. It's written by this guy. He's a behavioral scientist at the University yeah. of Chicago. You, you might have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mikhail Chavins. About getting, in, being in the flow. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, so the notion here is that what is something that you can do that there are certain activities that you, you've been doing in life where, you know, if you, you, you do it for a while and you look at the clock, you kind of go, holy cow. Yeah. How did, how did three hours go by? That's right. crazy. It might be like, you know, painting miniatures, it might be crocheting, whatever. It's just anything where you say, holy cow, you're kidding me. It's 1130 already? Yeah. You know, and the thing about this, these sorts of things, like regardless of what they are, is that I think a lot of them are, are very enriching experiences. You can say, well, you know, I get in the flow when I watch seven episodes of some TV show. Yeah, I know. Right? You know, I get in the flow when I, play, you know, when I play Medal of Honor for seven hours. Then I'm in the flow. It's like, you know, I guess. But I think what we're talking about is a recreating activity, okay, something that makes you feel creatively productive versus right. a wasting away of the same amount of hours. Right, and, right, right. It's, it's, not, it's not like how to keep yourself busy until you go to bed. It's more of yeah. how can you, I think you put it in your blog, you said something about how to put your bounce, bounce back in your step. Goodness gracious, we all need that right now. And that's why your message saying to me, because, you know, I've been doing really good through COVID, but I'll tell you, the last couple of weeks have been tough. And primarily because I was spending a lot of time babysitting for my uh, almost three-year-old granddaughter, and she is so fun and funny. And, oh, she is. She's so good. Well, and then she went back to school. And I lost my buddy and I lost myself. And, and so your blog just came at the right moment where I said, yes, now it's time for me. And how am I going to recreate? And, and immediately when I saw that picture on Facebook of me of my tap class, I said, oh my gosh. And there's a, there's a website called Operation Tap. And I got on there and I started taking lessons. And I've been, doing, I've been doing way more than 20 minutes a day just because, I, like you said, you can't stop. It's Oh, it's crazy. And it's, it's addictive. Crazy. Yeah, you know, so one of the things that I, I, I'm kind of interest, interested in is I've, I've got three daughters that are like about junior high age. And I'll talk to them. I'll say, you know, what's your kind of friend's experience with COVID? And they kind of go, oh, God, they all just say the same thing. They just, they just hate it. And I'm like, why? And they say, well, they spend their entire day locked in the room on their devices. It could be wow. a computer, it could be an iPad, an iPhone, or whatever the case is. Doing stuff. But stuff that isn't recreative, stuff that essentially, it passes time until, until you can fall asleep again. But the next day, you don't wake up kind of going, wow, what, what cool thing's going to happen today? And you know, this was, this was actually back when I was an assistant professor. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what, if I had to summarize the, the, the secret of, of happiness, okay, 
what, what would be a formula? What would, what would be an algorithm for happiness? And I thought, in, in general, you know, um, and I thought, you know, if a person is creatively productive and you feel appreciated a little bit because of it, that is a great secret to happiness. Because mm-hmm. if you look at either one, either one is not necessarily, you can feel creatively productive. Like you can write great music, for instance, but if everybody listens to it and goes, God, that's horrible. You know, you're probably not going to feel self-actualized. You're, you're, you'll be creatively productive, but you're going to be. Alternatively, if you're just singing, I don't know, uh, brown sugar for the five millionth time, and, it's, and there's no creative production there, but people are going crazy over it, well, you're also probably not going to be very pr- happy. So I think it's some sense to the book. Now, do, do you think to recreate, you have to do something and not just learn something? You know, like, for example, I mean, there are people who love, they're voracious readers. They like to learn about new, you know, different cultures and, and different uh, time periods, I guess, learn history. You know, in other words, they read a lot. They research, if you could call it that, because sometimes it is yeah. research. Is, do you think that is recreation as well? Oh, that's a kind of yeah. trick question. Yeah, no, I think it's a great one. I, I, think it's, I think it's all in how a person does it. I think if you're, if you're doing it passively, no, it's kind of like a, a higher level smartiness of reading Twitter feeds or, you know, watching TikTok. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing something actively to set, sort of synthesize it, that to you feels like it's, creatively productive. Okay, my guess is it has something to do with solving a problem. Because I see that in your blog, right? You don't, you don't, in all your years, you never did research to do research, to learn stuff. You did research, am I I speaking out of turn here? To kind of, you wanted to create solutions. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think 90% of our studies where to create solutions. About 10% ended up being things that somebody says wouldn't be interesting to know because I didn't, I wanted them to stay in the lab and not leave and go somewhere else. I go, sure, we can do that. <laughs> but 90% of the stuff that I did, all the stuff I generated was uh, have a solution. Yeah. Well, am, am I creating any solutions when I tap dance? No, because like I said, that's I'm making music. music. You are being creatively productive, okay, Okay. creatively productive. I don't think that's solved anything. There's no intention to do that, but it's being creatively productive. You say, yeah, but am I being appreciated or not? Well, the thing is, your your granddaughter may not appreciate it. I don't know if anybody in my family appreciates me tap dancing. You Um, do. Not because because they hear me and I keep them up at night like you do, but... um, I'll have to ask Jennifer about that. But uh, I, I just, you know, I don't think they care. I, th- I think they think it's cool that, you know, that they've got a dancing granny in the family type of thing. But uh, I think they would be totally embarrassed if I was to get on the stage at Christmas time downtown. And because some of the, there are dancing grannies that do that. They, you know, perform along with the little kids on the stage, local downtown stuff, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I think they would be embarrassed by me, I think. I'll have to ask. You know, that may be, the, the point is, the point is it's creatively productive and appreciated. 
Now, in this case, if you appreciate what you're doing enough and you appreciate the chance that you are healthy enough to do it and that you're vital enough to do it and you've got the spirit to do it, that's good enough. Okay, it doesn't have to solve any problem. It just has to be creatively productive and I think appreciated. And then again, that's just, that's just one sort of algorithm for happiness. And it's, it's, uh... Do you have other oh, algorithms yeah. for happiness? No, that, that's actually the main one for happiness. That, yeah. that is the main one for happiness, as long as there's a steady state of everything else. I mean, if, you're, if your leg's caught in a bear trap, that's, that, that's probably, that one's not going to help you a whole lot. <laughs> now, I don't know, if I had my tap shoes, that might be helpful to knock them over the head. The bear, that is. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would work too. But you know the thing is, these recreative things kind of go, well, what am I going to do to do that? The thing is, the silliest, dumbest things, and I don't mean dumb in a judgmental way, but I mean silliest and dumbest things from, from where we stand now to when we start doing them can provide huge benefit. So I'll give you an example. I, I was reading something about painting or something. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I ran into a guy who uh, uh, really did a lot of model train building. And he said one of the most relaxing sort of things that he does is painting. And this guy was, he was getting like, you know, he had like tons and tons of postgraduate education. I can't exactly remember what he did for a living, but he, he, he did extremely well and he had a lot of education. But he loved to just paint stuff. And I actually got on YouTube or whatever it was to look at why do people like to paint these little bitty things. And you'd have all these people say, look, I do this stuff. Nothing relaxes me more. Because if I'm watching whatever, TV or whatever, I'm still kind of back processing what's going on yeah, in my life. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing this. I'm doing... But he says, when I'm painting, it takes enough concentration to, to, to paint this little miniature, whatever you're painting, a train yeah. or whatever. Um, and that's, yeah, little dollhouses. I know people do the dollhouses too. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's simply enough for me to kind of come back down to look at something at the end of a, a couple hours and I go, God, that is really cool. And then uh, go to bed and wake up happy. Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes the, the best solutions are quite simple, right? So, uh, you know, let me ask all of you, I mean, what kind of things can you get back into or get into that'll help to recreate your day? Ryan, thanks so much for uh, coming on the call. Let me know, how can we uh, keep in touch with you and read all your interesting blogs? Oh, very good. Well, you can go to brianwansink.com, brianwansink.com. And if you are an academic, you like academic stuff, you can go to brianwansink.com, academics only, in the same website. Ah. And I should be having a, a new book coming out within a year, which, which deals with kind of finding, finding new passions in your life and directions. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, what's, what's the tentative <laughs> title? Stay tuned. Well, that's still with the publisher right now, so we'll, we'll figure that out new. So. Okay, all right. So, all right, well, thank you all very much. We'll see you on the uh, next podcast. If you enjoyed today's Health and Sanity Call, please subscribe to the channel and share it with others. For more information about how I can help you and your organization, visit drjoe.com. That's just four letters, D-R-J-O.com.